Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. Listening to Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now, here are your hosts Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 450 of Linux in the Hamshack, the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. And this episode is The Weekender. This is the 85th edition of The Weekender, so we're glad you could join us for that. And before we get into all of the amateur radio and open source and hedonistic topics for tonight, we'll go ahead and introduce ourselves. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD. All right, and Bill, as everybody knows at this point, or should, is recording all the way from Ireland, so it's actually... Well, after 5 p.m. his time, so hopefully he's enjoying his hedonistic <laughs> pursuits while I'm actually engaged in day drinking. So, you know what? It's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with it. So, it <laughs> is the weekend after all. It is the weekend. Yes. And yeah, that's right. Normally on the weekend, or we don't record on the weekend, but we actually are today. So, how cool is that? But First before time. we get down into uh, <laughs> yeah. the hedonism, all the good stuff, all the things that make life worth living. Let's talk about some amateur radio and some open source and things that you can do over the next couple of weeks to participate in both of those hobbies. And Bill always starts us off with upcoming amateur radio contests. So what do we got? Okay. So uh, these, of course, come from contestcalendar.com, the most wonderful contestcalendar.com there could be. And, uh, yeah, this coming weekend is the CQ 160-meter contest. It runs from 2200 Zulu January 28th to 2200 Zulu January 30th. Uh, band, of course, is 160 meters. Mode CW. And what is this? This is uh, for amateurs around the world to contact other amateurs in as many U.S. Canadian provinces and countries as possible, utilizing the top band. So good time to work out the top band here. And also this weekend, we got the uh, Winter Field Day. And this starts on uh, 1900 Zulu, January 29th, and runs to 1900 Zulu, January 30th. Uh, bands there are any band, excluding work bands, uh, no, uh, any mode. But uh, you need to see the rule book to assure that your mode that you're operating in is uh, adequate for the contest. And what is this? This is uh, the Winterfield Day Association. The WFDA is a dedicated group of amateur radio operators who believe that emergency communications in a winter environment is just as important as the preparations and practice that is done each summer, but with some additional unique operational concerns. We believe as we do, as do the Aries and Races organizations, that maintaining your operational skills should not be limited to fair weather scenarios. Uh, the addition of Winter Field Day will enhance those already important skills of those who generously volunteer their time and equipment to these organizations. This is why the Winter Field Day is open to all licensed amateur radio operators worldwide. And that's for this weekend. 
Um, this weekend has no state QSO party challenges or work dog QSO parties. That's because next weekend is the opening weekend. Uh, but we'll talk about the Mexico Ritty International Contest, and that one is 1200 Zulu February 5th to 2359 Zulu February 6th. Bands there are 80 through 10. No work mode, of course, is a Ritty. And this is for Mexican amateurs to exchange signal report and state, and everyone else exchanges signal report and serial number. So this is a good opportunity to get a clean sweep of all the states in Mexico. Uh, kind of a unique opportunity. And the State QSO Party Challenge opens up uh, this weekend, uh, and it opens up with Vermont, Minnesota, and British Columbia. So you got three QSO parties running at once. And remember, if you want to participate in the Workdoll QSO Parties or the State QSO Party Challenge, you need to uh, report your scores to 3830scores.com. I believe that's right, 3830scores. <laughs> That sounds right. <laughs> uh, or check the Winter Field Day uh, website for rules and information. And that's what we got for contests in the next two weeks. What do you got for special events? All right. That sounds good. And the thing about Winter Field Day is that you can use any mode that doesn't require a lookup table, which means you can do digital modes like, yeah, like uh, FLD, you know, FLDG uses um, PSK31, stuff like that, but you cannot use FT8 because that requires a lookup table. So there there be the difference or something like that. It, it's outlined in the rules. And I think we all have a link to the, uh, the rule book for field day. All right, so coming up, we have some amateur radio special event stations. The first one I've got listed here is the California Discovery of Gold special event station, which is coming up from January 29th at 1600 Zulu to January 31st, 0001 Zulu. Call sign is Alpha Golf 6 Alpha Uniform, which is silver 6. Uh, yeah, that's right. right. No, it's which one's gold? AU is gold, right? So it's silver 6 gold. Is that right? I think so. that's right. I <laughs> uh, can't remember my periodic table for some reason today. It must be the day drinking. Anyway, that will be operating on or about 7.248 to 14.248, 21.348, uh phone as the mode. And it's to commemorate the 174th anniversary of the discovery of gold in Coloma, California, starting the 49er Gold Rush. And links to more information about that will be in the show notes. Next, we have a commemoration of the Republic of Texas Central National Road, which is operating from February 5th, 1400 Zulu to February 5th, 2200 Zulu. So short time special event. This will be operating on, looks like... CW and digital and phone all on 20 meters, 14.050, 14.074, and 14.265. And this is commemorating the Republic of the Texas Central National Road and its impact on the history of Rockwell and all of Texas. Planned operation on CW, FT8, and single sideband. QSL car is available for download from the Rock Wall. Oh, Rock Wall, not Rockwell. Why didn't somebody fix that for me? <laughs> uh, Rockwall Amateur Radio Club website. The link, of course, will be in the show notes. So next, we have a commemoration of Abraham Lincoln's birthday. This will be operating from February 7th to February 14th, 1200 Zulu to 0600 Zulu daily. Call signs will be Whiskey 9 Lima and Kilo 9 Lima. And this will be, looks like, phone on 20 and 40 meters, most likely, 14.25 and 7.25. 
although there are notes here say all bands on all modes, so I guess they just threw those in as placeholders. K9L will be managed by multiple club members running from the home February 7th through the 13th. W9L will only be used on location at the farm owned by President Lincoln's father and stepmother. Lincoln Log Cabin information can be found at a link that will be in the show notes, and links to more information about the special event will also be in the show notes. So check it out if you want to participate in some upcoming amateur radio special events. And then announcements. You got anything before I get to the one that I have? No. For announcements, the only one I had is the fact that we have changed the URL of the URL shortener. And I believe I have gone through all of the links that are on the website, but there may be some floating around on the internet that we don't know about where people have used shortened URLs. One specific example I can think of is Twitter, which will still have the old URL shortener URL, which is no longer valid. However, the links are still there. It's just the domain that's changed. So I just wanted to put it out there that if you see a, a link, a shortened link that starts with url.bcts.info, that will no longer work. And you will have to use the new URL shortener URL, which is lhs.fyi, which, as you can tell, is much shorter. So <laughs> Very short. So sexy. It is very short. <laughs> <laughs> so all the all the new links will be posted using that shortener. And like I said, I've updated the website to remove references to the old one and put in the new one. And you can actually get to the Linux and the Hamsack webs Hamshack website using LHS.fyi as well. It will forward you to the appropriate place. So and nicely, the way I have it set up is if you do LHS.fyi slash some shortened URL, it will go to that. And if it's an undefined URL, it will just put you at the homepage. So that way <laughs> that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> so that should work out pretty well. And that's the only announcement I really had. So I guess we'll just move on and talk about some open source. Oh, wait, I do have the ham radio challenge, which the only thing I had to put in here was there's an upcoming, a special event called winter field day, which is a contest and a special event. If you, if you want to call it that or whatever. And uh, we should all participate in that because if you're, as you're listening to this, it's coming up really soon, like, like this weekend. If you don't, <laughs> if you don't have anything to do, participate in winter field day, which is sort of the winter version of the summer field day. It's not as big, not as popular, but there are still a lot of people participating in it. And uh, if you listened to the last episode, you found out there's a field day logger for the, for this particular event that I've uh, been working on and then flexing my Python muscles. So. <laughs> so check that out as well links of course will be in the show notes so let's go ahead and move on to this weekend in open source and the first thing we touch on in there is a distribution that you might want to give a trial spin of and bill has picked out gee an arch <laughs> distribution so okay what what arch distro do we have and why do we have it okay the arch distro of the week is oh wait no <laughs> This one is Arch Labs Linux. Arch Labs Linux is an Arch Linux-based distribution influenced and inspired by the look and feel of Bunsen Labs with the intermediate and advanced user in mind. Whatever that means. I have no idea. <laughs> with the rolling release cycle either. of Arch, Arch Linux, the new packages will be available immediately, making upgrades a thing of the past. Uh, the Arch Labs ISO does not include a live environment. You are straight into the console. Hardcore. Uh, the installer is launched from there. Uh, the release notes, uh, which this release just happened uh, the other day, uh, or, well, 
few days back or last week, probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the version is 2022.01.18, and it's available for download. And it includes the addition of DK and Sway window managers, a tweak and tidy up of the XFCE4 session, a new default wallpaper based on this original by Jack Zong, uh, updated the Arch Labs repository, updated Rofi theme, and Arch Labs AUR helper. BAPH has had an update. Version 1.5 brings a new check update flag and some other minor improvements. So check out this Arch Labs Linux distribution. All right, another one to give a try if you're into the whole Arch thing and uh, living on the bleeding edge of, of your life, which, you know, since we're getting into hedonism, I guess uh, we, you need to be there once we get Take down a risk. There. Yeah, take take a risk, exactly. <laughs> and if you want to take a risk on meeting with a bunch of your peers in in the world of COVID, uh, you could you could do that too. We do have some upcoming open source events that are that are around the world. If you want to participate in those, we we're sort of getting almost out of the virtual phase into live events again. Although there's still a combination of both. But uh, the way things are going, I have a feeling there's going to be both uh, going forward from here. So, Cheryl, what do we got coming up? My list of events for this week is L&D, excuse me, L&D Innovations and Tech Fest in Sydney. It's February 3rd and 4th uh, in Sydney, Australia. The cost is $16.50 to $26.95 Australian. The information is the world has changed, learning has changed, businesses are demanding, new technologies are emerging, employees have different expectations, it's never been more important to embrace and develop different skill sets and abilities to ensure adaptability and to retain talent. We are rethinking learning, not only what is being learned, but when and how. The big L&D shift is on. L&D is a core business function with a seat at the table for high-level strategic conversion, excuse me, conversations. L&D Innovation and Tech Fest will run alongside HR Innovation and Tech Fest, the fastest growing and most vibrant HR event. The next one is the Open Source World Fest. It is February 8th through 11th, 2022 in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. It, the cost is free to $35.99. Open Source World is focused on open source business users and potential users who are interested in getting more in-depth experience with open source and who also want to learn more from open source adopters and see what's happening in the open source market. Open Source World at IT Expo is a pure play IP conference where decision makers will learn that they have a cost-effective and powerful choice. Open Source World gives these audiences the opportunity to experience the global reach of open source and the world-class solutions which can solve traditional problems with new technologies and techniques. And information on both of these will be in the show notes. Yes, very good. And we come down out of our open source events into the Linux and the Hamjack open source challenge, which I made the same challenge as the amateur radio challenge, which is to participate in winter field day coming up real, real soon to the airwaves near you. And if you want to use the winter field day logger that Mike K6GTE and myself have been working on, which is written in Python and is slowly becoming truly awesome. You could use that. It's an open source platform and it's available freely from GitHub. A link, of course, will be in the show notes. So check that and maybe I'll find you on the air and be able to log you into an application I actually wrote some code for. So cool. I'm excited. I can't help it. <laughs> 
So now, since I'm excited, let's go ahead and roll into hedonism and get down to all the stuff that makes life worth living. And we always start with food because, you know, we're human beings and we have to eat. And if you're going to eat, you might as well eat well. So Cheryl's going to take us into what we've got for food coming up this, you know, couple of weeks. Don't, don't eat this like every night for the next couple of weeks, but, you know, try it one of those nights. Well, you could. Well, you, you could, really I like suppose, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, anyway, the recipe I chose for this time is slow cooker Mongolian beef. Russ and I are both big fans of Mongolian beef, and this is a very quick and tasty meal with a lot of ease. And for this, you need some soy sauce, some brown sugar, some toasted sesame oil, some ginger root, some garlic, some beef, some flour, some vegetable oil, some beef broth, some carrots, uh, some cider vinegar, some green onions, and some sesame seeds. And the recipe, of course, will be in the show notes. And then for my mixed drink corner, I picked the Pegu Club or Pegu Club. Uh, the information on it is the Pegu Club cocktail originated in the Pegu Club in Rangoon, the capital of Myanmar or Burma, which was formerly part of the British Empire. The Pegu Club, named for its nearby Pegu River, made its way around the world with Brits and foreigners alike in the early 20th century. No one's certain who created it or when it was invented, but it must have been before 1927, as that was the year of publication of Perry, excuse me, Harry McElhone's Barflies and Cocktails, which was the first book to make mention of the Pegu Club. From there, it became a mainstay in bar culture and a clear cultural reference. And for this, you need some gin, some curacao, some lime juice, and some Angostura bitters. And again, the rest of that will be in the show notes. It, it's basically dump it into a glass and stir. I mean, it's yeah, well, really... yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, it's not that big of a deal, but yeah, it's a, it's complicated a super instructions. Yeah, it's called it is complicated. Sometimes you forget to put ice in your cocktail glass or something. So you know, but but All yeah, right. it's it's a quick and easy drink. So I might have to try one of those. Actually, it sounds good. Uh, anything that's got gin and bitters in it sounds sounds like it'd be really good to me. So, well, there you go, and fresh lime juice. So yeah, it's got it's got some nice citrusy kick to it. I like yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to try and shorten my drink corner this this week because Bill has a drink corner this time because he's actually in Ireland where there's like good stuff to be had, and apparently he has some. So <laughs> rather rather than hear about all the boring crap we have in the United States, we want to go to Ireland. But let's uh, let's do mine first, I guess. What I have is two bar bottled in Bond Street bourbon. Over a century ago, the Two Bar Ranch was founded in Texas. For five generations, the Two Bar brand has stood for quality, independence, and hard work. Those values are brought to Two Bar Spirits, where locally grown grain is milled, mashed, fermented, distilled, and aged in oak barrels. We do all of this with one goal in mind, make a damn fine whiskey. We remain true to that lineage at our distillery in Seattle, Washington. Our single-minded focus on making great whiskey is what motivates our team every single day. We do it the hard way because it's the right way. At the end of the day, it's just really good whiskey made by people with relentless passion. So, is it any good? I guess that's what we need to find out. So, the details on this, couldn't find any actual mash bill about the grains. I did see something that said it's 90% grain comes that comes out of Washington and 10% grain that comes out of Oregon. But what those grains are, we can't really say. Obviously, it's at least 51% corn because it's Kentucky Straight Bourbon or straight bourbon, not Kentucky straight bourbon. It's obviously a Washington straight bourbon. So it's at least mostly corn, but there's probably some barley and 
rye and stuff in there, but those grains obviously came out of the Pacific Northwest. This particular bottle is bottled at 100% because it, or 100 proof because it's bottled in bonds, so it has to be, which makes it 50% ABV. It does come out of Seattle, Washington. The color on it is a nice golden honey color. It has been aged over four years, as it states right on the bottle. So it's got a nice bourbon flavor to it. The nose notes that I pulled off of this are butterscotch, vanilla, caramel, honey, vaguely floral notes. I couldn't identify any specific species of flower, like hibiscus or something like that, but there's definitely something floral in there, and some peanut brittle. On the taste, I got dune grass, peanut, honey, caramel, barley, and toasted oak. A nice grouping of all of those different flavors. They, they melded well, and I really enjoyed the flavor of it. And if you let the finish linger, it is rather long, but if you sort of wait all the way to the end, you get some really nice notes in there. I got hints of toasted oak, bitter caramel, molasses, and at the very end, a bit of chocolate, which that chocolate finish is what makes you sort of want to go back to it and get all of that other peanut, caramel, toasted oak, and honey and stuff out. And then you sort of wait through the finish and get back to the chocolate. And it's sort of a really nice circle of life kind of thing going on with this two bar bottle and bond bourbon. So I actually really enjoyed it. It comes in at about $50 a bottle for a fifth and I'm going to give it a solid 90. It's, it's really good craft bourbon. And I recommend if you can find it in your store, you should get some. Okay. Enough about that. Let's hear about some Irish whiskey. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, this is, uh, just one that kind of stood out in the aisle as I was out down at the Tesco. So I wasn't at a fancy whiskey purchasing place. I was literally at the supermarket <laughs> and it was so cool to see liquor in the supermarket. Um, but anyway, this one is the, uh, is the West Cork blended Irish whiskey, uh, bourbon cask uh, expression. And let's see the description of the distillers here. It has often been said about West Cork distillers that we are a distillery built and run by the people for the people. Based in Skibbereen, the company was founded in 2003 by childhood friends John O'Connell, Dennis McCarthy, and Gear McCarthy, and has since been grown to a team of over 100 people. Uh, this expression, of course, is matured in a bourbon casks to deliver the authentic and unique quality that it has. So its mash bill is a uh, 25% grain and 20, oh, sorry, 75% grain and 25% malt. Its proof is 80, uh, 40% ABV. Uh, of course, Skibbereen, Cork County, Ireland. Uh, color, I'd say light amber. Um, the picture on the website is very generous in the golden color <laughs> <laughs> or the deepness. Um, yeah, it looks, it's, it's fairly light in color. Uh, the distiller's nose, because I don't really have much of a nose, uh, it says malt, lingering sweetness, citrus, apple, and nutmeg. I get the sweetness, maybe a little citrus. I guess the malt is the booze. That's <laughs> <laughs> the grain. Yeah, that's what's made of. Yeah, that's the grain. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I get that. Okay. And the distiller's taste is a malt, light citrus, and cracked pepper. And I'll, I'll go ahead and take a taste. Oh, You'll have to come up with your own finishing notes, apparently. Yeah, I haven't finished the bottle yet, so uh, we won't have that until I finish. That's not what that means. Come on. <laughs> oh, that's, that's not what that means? Oh, my God. I really thought that's what the finish was. Uh, it has a nice, um, um, how can I describe it? It's it's different. It has a nice uh, a nice finish. It, uh, it kind of just mellows out. Um, nothing stands out afterwards. But I do notice that like the viscosity is slightly different. 
uh, slightly thinner than a um, what I'm used to drinking bourbon. So I find that is kind of interesting uh, with the Irish whiskey. I don't know if that's normal or what, but like it tastes thinner. Does that sound normal? Or does it, sound- it does sound normal for an Irish whiskey. They they tend to be a little less viscous, and they tend to be bottled at slightly lower proof, and which also contributes to that sort of thinness. Yeah, yeah, that's that's about the only thing I can say. I mean, yeah, the taste and the finish are very similar. I don't I don't get anything else. It it basically nice, nice and just kind of slowly mellows out on the tongue and the palate. It uh, it's actually really nice to drink. Um, yeah, I, I like it. I mean, I'm halfway through the bottle, so yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good. <laughs> and it was a uh, 28 euros, so we yeah, do the exchange rate, so like 30 bucks, 30, 30, 32 bucks, maybe 31 bucks. I don't know, somewhere around there for a 700 mil bottle, so slightly more expensive, right? So, yeah, rating. I, I'm not going to give it a number. I can tell you that it was rated before by some important people as a 92 but you know take that for what it's worth <laughs> uh, i rate this as 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 pretty good so we'll just put that as pretty good <laughs> all right it gets That'll the, official, the official rating right the official pretty good rating okay excellent so pretty so good. we're gonna go with like terrible not so bad pretty good and excellent right those, those will be the categories yeah. for you that sounds good that sounds good i good like a four <laughs> point scale almost you know um yeah it's uh yeah, it's the first one in, so it's really hard. It's always hard being the first one. And this one does say it's it's available lots of places, so I'm not sure if this is available in the US or not, but uh you might want to might want to check if it's a, if it's available in the US cuz uh, they say they're available in like 70 countries, but I didn't do a full list of where where that actually is. All right. But pretty good. Oh, all right. Excellent. Sounds good and it's nice to hear some something on like these drink corners that we don't normally get. I mean, it's really easy to come across Scotch, Irish whiskey and, and, you know, bourbon here in the United States, but there's obviously going to be stuff that we just don't get. And it'll be kind of nice over the next three months to hear some of those things. So hope, hopefully if you, if you do this more and, and pick up stuff at you know local supermarkets or whatnot, that you try and pick up things that we can't actually get here. It'd be, yeah. Yeah. yeah I was looking for one specific one uh, that I knew was fairly local well more local than this one obviously because this is down down south but in the same county um but i I didn't see that one at the tesco i saw it at the other store and i was like i don't feel like walking three more blocks to go to the other one (laughs) i really thought they would have it here but they didn't so so yeah the next one i I tried to do it i think there was a single malt whiskey Ah, sounds good and and funny thing you you mentioned you know kind of interesting that or you thought it was nice to see liquor in the in the grocery store yeah See, in, in Missouri, we, liquor is everywhere. Grocery stores, gas stations, <laughs> candy shops, you know, daycares, whatever. You know, daycares. If, <laughs> if they can they get a liquor license, they have a liquor license. You, you can literally buy the stuff anywhere. So, Yeah, yeah, cool. But anyway, okay, so that brings us down to the end of the show. We've gotten through the amateur radio. We've gotten through the open source. We've gotten through the hedonism, and we hope... You can use some or all of that over the next two weeks to have an enjoyable 14-day period, and we'll join us again for the next weekender so we can tell you about some more stuff that you can enjoy and make your life better. But before we get out of here and close this one up, we'll mention the folks who are with us in the live recording tonight. We had John K1BTZ, Steve K7HVT, Fred N2NRV, and H. Joswiak. 
So thanks everybody for, for being here and listening to the live stream or checking us out on discord or whatever. And you can do that too. Links to everything is of course at the website. If you need to know where to find us, check out LHS podcast on info and you'll know where you can find everything about the show. And in the meantime, we hope you have a great couple of weeks and join us for the next one and participate in some amateur radio and open source stuff over the next little bit. And uh, check out our deep dive episode, which is coming up next. And with that, we'll go ahead and let you go and get on out of here. This has been episode number 450 of Linux in the Hamshack. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD73. Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or by using the contribute list on the homepage. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. You can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at one 909 show That's one 909 Visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show-themed merchandise. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism.